Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. So, yo, what's going on? Happy Monday, everyone. Hope you're all doing well. I want to thank you all for being here, genuinely. And while I have you here, why don't we take a moment to tell you to do one thing for your boy. Subscribe, rate, review, like, follow, share, do all that stuff. It supposedly helps, and I need help, obviously. So help your boy out. Let us know what you think about the show. If you got any ideas for guests, if you got any ideas for topics, we're always taking suggestions and opinions and blah, 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 blah. It all makes the show better. Your contributions are always very welcome. So if you got an idea, something in your headspace, get it out there. Let me know about it. That would be tight. Got some shows coming up. Going to plug my stuff a little bit before we get into the episode. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I got a lot of stuff happening. Ah, I'm on another planet right now. Anyways, so this Thursday coming up, April 11th, Sykes and the New Violence is going to be at Full Pint Wildside Pub. April 12th, the day after that, is podcast night at the Toma 2. Peanut in the building. That is a live podcast event with Start the Beat, Thrifty, and Neon Brainiacs. April 13th, Gray Walker, my metal band, is going to be out in Youngstown, Ohio, back at Cedars. Stoked for that. That place is fucking awesome. Next week, April 19th, Brillo Box, MySpace Night. I'll be DJing. Wyatt will be DJing. And our homie Bambi will be in the house hosting the whole fucking thing. That's going to be a blast. April 25th, also at Brillo Box, is the Start the Beat five-year anniversary party, which if you haven't heard about this already, yeah, I'm celebrating five years of this bullshit at Brillo Box with a panel of guests that will include... I'm stumbling over my words. The panel will include Icky Vicky, Ashley Quartz of Black Forge Coffee House, Clara Kent, Bambi, again, and Connor Murray of Crafted Sounds. So that's a really cool panel. It's going to be like a local music scene meetup as well, kind of like a social thing. So come on out. I'm, I'm trying to get everybody that's ever been on the show there so we could all hang out and stuff. I don't think that's going to happen because that's a lot of people. I don't even think you could fit as many people that have been on the show in Brillo Box. But that's kind of cool. Five years of doing this. So hope as many to see as many of you there as possible and let's move it right along let's keep this motherfucker chugging into listener questions mm. all right so this week got one call-in question let's give it a whirl hey brian it's kev uh yeah i'm sending this to you as a voice message because it's way easier to send this than type it out yeah so i just saw um Cat Scams, The Real Sea, and Native Alloys this weekend at the Brillo Box, which was a great show. Uh, Native again. Alloys were awesome. The Real Sea was really, really good. It was their first gig. But you have to talk about this on your show. Dude, people were talking so fucking loud throughout that gig. I had to place myself right in front of the amps without any earbuds in in order to hear the band. Like, one of the members of the Real Sea actually kind of made a gesture to the audience to, like, quiet down. I don't understand what people are doing talking through a band set. It's so 
disrespectful. I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying you have to approach it with the reverence of a monk and be completely silent, but you know, crowds got to understand that some of these bands are up there are trying to work something out. And I get it. You, you're out. You're seeing your friends. You're excited to catch up. But if you're going to talk that loud, go all the way back by the bar or go downstairs. Don't fucking talk through a band set. Anyway, that's my spiel. Back to my route. All right. So we got Kevin worked up about people talking during people's sets. It shows. There's a little little glitched out happening there. I don't, I don't know what that was all about. It's the first time I ever tried playing a listener epi- a listener uh, question on the show. So it's glitching out. We'll figure that out. Technical difficulties, not a big deal. Shit happens. Anyways, people talking during shows. You know, this happened to me before once too. It wasn't at a local show. I was seeing Feist at Stage AE. And I swear it seemed like 75% of the people that were there were just like some dumb motherfuckers that won tickets off some radio thing or something that couldn't care less about being there, just talking, having the fucking time of their lives while Feist is trying to do her beautiful, light, indie folk rock, you know? But I mean, like, again, an outdoor music venue is probably not the best fucking thing for, you know, that type of music anyways, but... Without me getting too sidetracked, I totally agree with you. You know, uh, talking during sets really, really sucks, especially if it's, you know, very obvious that you're dealing with a group of people that are just there that could easily move their conversation to, you know, another part of the room or another part of the building or another part of the fucking planet, depending on, you know, how much you don't want them around you. But at the same time, I don't know. I guess it's a a free country. And if for some reason they felt like coming out to a show to not enjoy the show, uh, I don't know. I don't know what you tell these people. I think that, you know, a lot of the time it really falls on the performer to decide how they feel about it. I think, you know, if the performer decides they want to stop the song or make a gesture in between songs or something and make a comment on it, you know, then that's probably the best way to go about it. I don't know, man. I was actually going to just try to re-record my entire response to your question, but this fucking computer McFreezy dick shit back here is just fucking doing whatever it wants to do. So fuck it. We're just going to roll with it as is. I'm a little I'm a little on edge today. I don't know why. I'm just feeling a little juiced up. A little juiced up. Open up a water. Ugh. fucking freaking out today anyways um that's gonna be it for listener questions i'm not doing any of the other cutesy intro stuff i normally do let's just get into this fucking episode all right how's that sound yeah it's a good one this week on the show i got my friend d aka bruiser beep for those of you that aren't familiar with bruiser beep uh, this it's some this is some outside the box stuff. This might be a little bit much for some of you and some other of you. This might be right up your fucking alley. So what we're gonna do before we get into this conversation is I'm actually gonna play you a little clip of a Bruiser Beat performance off of YouTube right here, right now, just like a a minute or two of it, just so you can get a kind of a a vibe of what you're going to be getting into here with my conversation. And then we'll transition from that clip into my conversation with D, a.k.a. Bruiser Beep. Cool? Cool. Here's that clip. (laughs) 
And that was a little live clip of Bruiser Beep. And now it is time. The moment you've all been waiting for. Here we go. Here it is. Yeah. My conversation with D, a.k.a. Bruiser Beep. Sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat. Uh, D, hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thanks. Happy Sunday. How are you? It's it's been great. A uh, great Sunday so far. Um, I had a lot of trouble getting here, but it, it's it's a beautiful Sunday. So it was it was a good adventure. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with having an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> so before we turned everything on, we were just chatting about your various aliases and mystery around your name and for those of you that aren't familiar with you you do music or performance art or i don't we can get into like whatever you want to yeah, consider it because it's more confusion about that as well yeah so. there's so there's a lot of confusion around you know like your name and you do perform under the name bruiser beep mm-hmm. so let's what what the flapjacks is that all about uh well I've had various solo music projects. I've yeah. never had really a, a band band. I've I've tried to jam with different people, but I've just always been more compelled to do solo work. And um, what I've had uh, going on under Bruiser Beep as the moniker uh, has been a thing for about a year and a half now. Yeah. Um, and that name kind of just uh, came together really quickly. I was writing the songs before I picked the name, and I I feel like I kind of picked it in a rush, but it just kind of, uh, there's a lot of uh, beeps and bleeps, and then I, I bruise really easily. So that was kind of how I decided to pick <laughs> that name. Like I said, I picked it in, in a rush. Um, I If I had a, if I would have put more thought into it uh, about what I wanted it to be but also i i didn't know that when i started it exactly what i wanted it to be and i'm i'm fine with that i i may have picked a different name um as far as uh i've experimented with different performance monikers um i've i i tried to do a thing where i wanted to make it confusing on purpose but people's reactions was that they were confused and i i don't i don't know why i expected different but i i guess um i fluctuated between liking that and not liking that and uh i also do that with my just name that people would address me by and and i i like that too and other times i don't i i feel as i uh fluctuate between it i i gravitate more towards liking the confusion that it creates between who am I and what I do and what it's called. And I don't think that uh, sort of uh, obscurity with names is is super a thing that's going on in Pittsburgh, at least right now. And I, I like it for that reason. Sure. I would be curious, just from like a personal standpoint, how that might may relate to I don't want to impose anything, but I feel like most artists come from kind of like an introverted background. 
And I wonder how much of that has to do with maybe still that introverted mindset and maybe not wanting to be too connected with the outside world, but simultaneously being this very extroverted person in terms of performing, which you are. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and again, that that's fluctuated my whole life between being more extroverted and going through a phase of that being sort of a the prominent uh, way I'm expressing my everyday life and performance and also times when I'm uh, being more introverted. And I think, uh, and as I said, I, I didn't, I, I picked the name Bruiser Beep, which is, which has definitely been. It's a like, cool name. Yeah. I, I, I did like it. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like it doesn't, uh, you know, as I said, I picked it in a rush and I, I feel like it doesn't always say what I want it to as far as the name goes. Sure. But again, I, I didn't know what I wanted the project to be at the time. I was just writing these songs and I uh, I, I still sometimes don't know what I want it to be. I have a, a lot of different ideas. And yeah. so the fact that it can change, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. There's and- something about the word beep that's kind of like whimsical. Yeah. And there's something about your performance as well that at times can be whimsical, but I don't know if that's always exactly what you're trying to put out there. Because I also think there's parts of your performance that are very like visceral and like deep and like, oh my, like, you know, this person's going through something in front of me right now. It's like, it's like a, it's like a modern performative, like musical dance of sorts. Mm-hmm. And yet you might not always want that to be like, oh, beep. Like whims- yeah. you might not want the whimsy in it. So yeah. I could see that conflict. I- exactly. The, the the word beep is what is bothering me. I guess uh, the sort of bruising part of it, as I said, um, bruiser um, referring to the fact that I bruise easily. And as you were saying, you know, this person's going through something right in front of me and like bruises forming right in front of me. And I, I, I do agree that the word beep sort of uh, conjures this sort of whimsical thing that I'm not always fond of. But I, like combined, mm-hmm. it's like the, it's kind of like exactly the, what it's like the yin and yang of what your performance yeah. is yeah. in some ways. I, I actually didn't think of that until I said that sentence just now talking to you about <laughs> it. I, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Like I said, I, I get, I get annoyed sometimes with people perceiving me as as too whimsical, but I I try to calm myself down from being annoyed with it by I I'm totally fine if people interpret what I do as whimsical at first, but if uh, as the performance grows and as the set goes on and as they get to know the the work itself more, they don't think that as much. That's what I want. Well, That's I, the goal. I think that what you're dealing with, and I do want to get into this conversation of what exactly you personally define your art as, because it could be different things. Mm-hmm. But what you're doing is very outside the box, especially for Pittsburgh. And for the scene that you're in, in the shows that you're playing, a lot of people probably aren't used to seeing something like Bruiser Beep. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what do people do sometimes when they don't understand something? They kind of like laugh at it or process, not laugh at it or laugh with it and just kind of process it in a different way. Like, I don't understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. And it might take them time to understand it, digest it, especially if there's somebody that's not used to. I guess just in a very general blanket of what you do, like experimental performance art. Mm -hmm. So what do you classify it as? I know that's like a terrible question. I I can't even (laughs) answer it. But like, you know, like what do you want people to get out of it who haven't seen you before? 
I think that the the word experimental is is absolutely appropriate. Um, avant garde performance art, all of those words are are appropriate. And I've I've had a, a, a range of uh, descriptions. You know, you know when you have the event page come up for a show and uh, whoever's booking me or whoever they they come up with their own or sometimes they ask and and if they ask I usually do say just you know something along the lines of experimental avant-garde something like that but uh I've had a a range of uh different ways people have interpreted it um I like uh a recent one was deconstructed pop music sure I I liked that one um I also I, I like to use words like like theater and um, performance art, like I said, uh, I, I think those are all fine um, descriptor terms for it. As far as uh, how people, like you said, uh, interpret it at, say, a DIY show or when I'm playing for a bunch of college kids who have who've never seen um, experimental music or experimental performance art, especially uh, it, it is a mixed reaction. And I, I, again, I like it and I don't. Some, sometimes I, I get sort of discouraged um, because sometimes they really are laughing at me and because they don't understand just because they're not used to seeing something at, you know, a, a basement show or any DIY show or something like that. Yeah. And I, I, I do play a, a mix of shows where I fit very appropriately on the bill. And there there's lots of other um, similar things to what I do and, and I fit in well. Um, and then when I play DIY shows, like in a basement or something, and there's college kids, I, I totally stand out. And I, I think that's an honor that I get to do that. I, I come from a small, small town, not, you know, I moved to Pittsburgh a year and a half ago. And I, when I started booking shows, there there was a big gap in that happening for a while. And the kids that were coming to my show were high school kids, not even college kids. And they had never been to shows, period. So I thought that that was an honor. And it, it's an honor to to give that gift to people who have never experienced it. So I, I think of, you know, playing crowds that are not used to seeing something like I do also is an honor. And I, I am glad that I can give that to them. And whether or not they are laughing at me or with me, it, it's fine. And and I like that humor is a part of it. Like I said, I, I try to build my sets in a way that um, I, I sort of start out with the, the whimsical, funny, humorous introduction and build it into something that's a little darker. And oh, yeah, you, if, you, if, you, if I scare them, too, yeah, you, yeah. You, you drag everybody into the darkness. Yeah. You're like, like Pennywise the clown. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> like, great. Here's the got, red balloon. I haven't got Come that on much. down. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I had a really interesting thought about experimental music when we were talking about it. And I never thought about this before. Have you ever thought about? the likely fact that at one point in time, every genre of music was experimental? Hmm. I, I guess I, I've thought about it not in those words exactly, but just when, when you're listening to bands that are even just 20 years old or, you know, going farther and farther back into time, that was new at one point. I guess I, I, I never have thought of it, oh, at one point this was an, an experiment. And yeah. I, I feel like no matter what you're doing, whether, you, you know, I, I definitely am in a classification of experimental, you know, out-of-the-box performance art and yeah, music. like but, experimental the genre. Yeah, but I, I feel like 
everything should be an experiment. That was exactly yeah. that's what I was it, just going to say. You're, if you're, you know, playing something that is is very something that anyone could hear anywhere and they'd be like, "Oh yes, I accept this." That would that you should go into the process of making that as an experiment. Otherwise, I you just you just doing something you're you're the, not you know investigating what you're trying to make in, in an experiment the so. way that i've thought about this recently because i've had thoughts like this over the past few months but i haven't really quite described it in the way we are right now but i've been thinking about music as a conversation between you and strangers mm-hmm. and the thing that keeps conversation going is like interesting topics, new ideas. What are you bringing to the table and say me and you are having a conversation and somebody walks in on our conversation and starts just repeating every single word that I'm saying word for word. It's like you have no value in this conversation. You're just copying what I said. Mm -hmm. And that's how a lot of art can be not saying there isn't value in that, but at the same time, it's like, why would you want to do that? If you're not going to bring your own ideas to the table and not contribute to the conversation of yeah. art or you're, music. You're, you're paying to come to the show. You, yeah. you want to have the the best experience. I think of it that way too with dancing at shows and, and moving and however, um, you know, however any individual wants to do that. I, I always feel when I, when I see people seeming really scared to move and I totally understand sometimes you're just not in the mood, but you want to listen anyway, or sometimes you have physical limitations that you can't, but I'm always... I, I'm frustrated when I, I feel too inhibited at a, a certain space to move around because I'm like, man, I paid. I want I, I want yeah. to be here to experience this and, and have that conversation between this this music that I, I I maybe have never heard before. Yeah, I I always get real bummed out when I see like somebody, you know, really getting into it at a show, even if it's like just one person, and then you see other people that have nothing else better to do but judge yeah, them. Yeah. It's like, I, fuck you. Like, yeah. I wish I was having as much fun as that motherfucker yeah. over there. Like, yeah. they're having the you're, time. You're of, not getting your money. You're being yeah, grumpy. There's something about, like, I don't know if it came from, like, that. Do you, do you think that's more a thing in Pittsburgh? I, I have not toured yet. I don't, I think it's so. everywhere. I think it, think I think, I don't everywhere. think it's a Pittsburgh thing. I think yeah. it's just, there are, I think really what it boils down to is not people thinking that they're too cool. I think it's just more of a shy thing. I, th- I, I think so too. I, I, I know I, I've definitely gone to shows where I have not felt comfortable enough to, to move as I, as I would another time. And, uh, that's really frustrating when I'm, I, especially when I'm really into it and I have to be like secretly moving with my hands, but like down here or something. But I mean, there's times too, where sometimes you can be the the conduit for change. <laughs> you know, you start moving around and maybe somebody else that was feeling kind of weird about it. And then yeah. it's like, even though like I have my feelings about like the corniness of mosh pits, mm-hmm. it, like one person needs to get thing, it started. Yeah. And then yeah, everyone's like, oh, this is cool. And, let's do it. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> and that's and, a conversation in itself as well. So yeah, but, I, I mean, but in, the, in a way, you know, people do consider that dancing mm-hmm. in their realm of existence yeah I, I think any type of dancing I, I I grabbed my character shoes from high school like my my theater shoes from my mom's house over Christmas and I've been wearing them to shows because they're made to dance in and they they have a slight percussive element not as much as a, a tap shoe would but I I love wearing them to shows especially when it's a concrete floor too that, that feels great to be able to dance and I was always drawn to to tap because I, I like I love that like 
percussive feeling in your feet when you dance too. I'm like a, a hand flailer too. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I used to be a mosher kind of, but then I got old. Yeah, I feel like that's where I'm at now too, and I feel bad saying I, like I moshing is corny. No, I don't like, think it's corny. Well, I, I love I, seeing I, it. I, I, I will too. hurt myself. It's corny if for I do. me. Yeah, but same. like maybe I, that's just my like my cynical excuse to not get involved. <laughs> but like, I mean, obviously, I play in a metal band, and I love when kids are moshing around. Mm-hmm. But sometimes some people can be really corny about it too. <laughs> it really depends. Like, I feel like I had a moment last night. We were playing a show, and there was one person moshing that was so how like tuned into like fighting video games are you are you familiar with like street fighter uh, and mortal Kombat, any of that a stuff a little bit i i i've i did not grow i never had a video game sure. console growing up i'm really so, not well, i like it, the soundtracks well okay yeah. well maybe then you can relate or understand like for somebody that doesn't typically play video games if they play like a fighting game people will call them button mashers because they get the controller and they're just like i feel like there's some people that don't normally go to shows and they get into the mosh pit Mm -hmm. and they like they're the button masher (laughs) of the mosh pit like they go way too hard and like you know they like they take it they're like they think that and they're always way too extreme and everybody's like whoa calm down because there is sort of like this really meticulous nuance to being in the mosh pit like having like understanding like where the line is and how to respect and the camaraderie and then there's always that one idiot that like ruins as two everybody's like whoa chill out we had one of those last night and i was like okay like that's that's the corny dude (laughs) but it only takes one yeah so i don't think moshing's corny i just think some people you know they but at the same time they don't normally go out to a show and they're having fun supposedly they're just as long as they're oblivious to the fact that they're kind of making everybody else (laughs) uncomfortable (laughs) so yeah i uh, you know like we like we were saying i think that you know the the nuance to it and you know kind of understanding when it's supposed to happen when it's not supposed to happen but if if, you know corny dude wants to have a ball go for it yeah (laughs) i think that it's just really important no matter what position you're in whether you're a performer or an attendee just be mindful of the people around you and understand that every action that you have is going to have a reaction on everything else. If you're moshing too crazy, you're going to make everybody feel uncomfortable. I've had to really uh, learn how to read people's body language as a performer, as I've incorporated more, uh, I I wouldn't say, I don't touch people, but uh, sort of <laughs> audience interaction. And I've learned that the my the rule of thumb that I use is that there will always be people that are giving off receptive body language. I like to honk bike horns in people's faces in a one song and like throw oatmeal at people and things <laughs> things of that nature. And I have I, not I have <laughs> not seen that I have not witnessed this one. Uh, it, it's it's really fun, but I, I've also realized that. Uh, you 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 can't throw oatmeal or honk a bike horn at somebody who's like, you know, like you have to throw the oatmeal and honk the bike horn at somebody who who's engaging with you, who's making eye contact with you, and if if people are close enough to you that you you can see that and you can see that they're being receptive and they're into it, they're they're not still like you know processing it like what the fuck am I witnessing right now? You want to do that to someone who's really engaged with you. 
and and they will they will love that usually. So that's what that's what I I don't like I said touch touch people. I I wouldn't want to do that. But um, as far as you know, I, I honking a bike cord in someone's face is also it can be uh, kind of uh, abrasive, I suppose. Sure. <laughs> so I uh, yeah I think that as a performer you have to keep that in mind, and I I like that uh, that about performing for smaller audiences because growing up doing theater I always have this memory of I can't see the audience at all because the lights are blinding me I don't I don't I only hear them and feel them I don't see anyone yeah I used to make my mom hide though at all my performances I I I uh I, I didn't let my boyfriend who also plays music come to any of my shows for like the first like five months we were together. I've always been really weird about people that I'm closest to watching me. Like I said, when I, I started doing theater and performing when I was four or five and I would um, for smaller performances where I could see the audience, I would tell my mom that she had to like hide in the back so I couldn't mm-hmm. see her. <laughs> but, I, you know, I could see that I've, had the same issue with like people that i really really know that come out to see me play it can be kind of weird sometimes not so much with gray walker but with what we're doing with sykes and new violence now because i've gotten way more theatrical Mm -hmm. and like it's a it's a weird type of intimacy that you're sharing with someone that is close to you that has not seen you do that before it's really something to get used to and when i first started um dating the Stacy, who I'm with now, we've we've been together for about three years. But when we first started dating, I had a bunch of songs about just like you know past relationships and like mm-hmm. weird things, and like I don't think you know she really had ever been in a relationship with somebody that you know kind of created music and like you know things around that sort of thing. Like oh, I'm writing songs, and mm-hmm. you're gonna hear me talking about past relationships yeah. if you come out to my shows. Yeah, that's that's a totally new level of intimacy in a weird universe that and just having her into. in the room yeah it makes my relationship with that material weird and mm-hmm. like i take when i'm performing something pretty seriously and i feel like sometimes it's hard for me to perform it the way that i need to with somebody like her in the space yeah or other people that might be aware of what these what the material is about mm-hmm. it can be very like yeah it takes me out of where I think I need to be. But if I'm in a room full of strangers, yeah. And there are, pe- are people that don't know who I am, like I can, that's when I'm like the biggest freak in the world is when yeah. I'm completely and surrounded songs, by material that. takes on a, a different life after so long. I, I found that songs that I wrote a while ago, three months, they they mean something totally different to me. So I, I but also I've I've only dated musicians, but I've never written a love song either or anything like any yeah. I never write about relationships or anything like that. I I I feel You're probably better off. Yeah. I, I it's a it's a safe territory to be in, I suppose, in, in, in that sense. I yeah. I feel all my songs are are very specific and it is like a musical, I think, in the in the sense that they're lyrically really specific, but also sort of allegorical and um excuse me, uh, sort of avant-garde in a lyrical sense. And so I feel very strongly, like, I know what the fuck I'm referring to when I'm, when I'm saying this, but if someone else 
may or may not. And uh, but other songs I feel like are are extremely specific. And but those songs tend to be character pieces. So yeah. It's it's uh, I think again making it very much like a, a musical. So with me and doing hip hop, what thing that I've always wanted to write from the perspective of being able to connect with other people, other just normal human beings. But as a normal human being, I don't connect well with other people just because of like the way that I work and how I do things. Mm -hmm. So I've found the thing that I usually connect the most with normal people is just relationship stuff. Mm -hmm. So I've found myself writing songs about like relationship things, not commonly, but like anytime I put out an album, there's usually one. But like it's like because for some reason every album cycle has dealt with, uh, you know, awkward relationship things. Mm -hmm. So I've found that that's always been an easy way for me to connect with other people. But like I always tell myself like I'm never gonna write another one of these, <laughs> you know. And hopefully I don't have to because yeah. I feel like I'm in a healthy situation now. But hey, a who knows? Relationship song can write a healthy relationship yeah. song. I, I I but I have a pet peeve against like songs where everything's going well oh yeah, yeah you know that, what i mean that's, that's boring. No, i don't i i like when things are going well yeah but like who wants to watch like a movie where mm -hmm. everything's yeah, perfect certainly. You, you, that's 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 boring as fuck no yeah that's side. like yeah. this is like this is like that's literally not this is the like definition this is like suburbanite porn yeah yeah you know? <laughs> it's, it's not it's 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 boring as shit like, yeah no, you no need one, no one wants you that. need drama to like really Drama with like some sort of a positive resolve to really. Isn't that funny too that we're we're saying that that we wouldn't want to consume any any media or art like that, but we're like, but we want our lives to be like that. Well, I we think don't. But because it's just people not... always say, you know, you you have to have you know contrast and light and dark in your life, but you never literally think that you want that because you just don't want bad things to happen. But you know, of of course, you, you don't want to consume media well, that's like that. I don't feel like I'm a very like spiritual person but really lately i've been really in like how uh yin and yang just that that very simple concept you know like it, it's much more than a bad tattoo there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of good thought around that concept and i think you know nothing is all light nothing is all dark i think everything honest has a little bit of both whether some people want to admit that or not. And I think in art, whether it's a piece of a, a movie or a song or a painting, I want to be able to see the light and dark in it for me to be able to relate to it because that's how I know it's honest. Yeah, absolutely. If there's something that's all perfect, that's not honest. And if there's something that's all negative, I also know that's not honest. Mm -hmm. you, you were, you, you'd mentioned sort of at the beginning of it, we're both like, Ooh, we're both that type where we're all over the place, but that's good. That's why we're we're doing a podcast. Yeah, because we're, we're both talking. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I where was that thought going? Exactly. Yeah, we got too far off. Oh, about um, relating to people and, and writing lyrical content that that resonates with other people. I I don't know if I if I tried to do that. If it, I feel. I have tried to do that and I didn't like it. I, I just didn't feel like something I want to do. I feel like in your position and the the way you perform and everything, there's part of me that like, and I mean this in a good way, like I don't want to relate with you. Like I want you to just do what you're doing and me to take it in and interpret it. 
Yeah. But being like in a hip hop perspective, that's kind of the thing where you want to yeah. connect in a yeah, different it's, it's way a totally different with the thing. with the audience mm-hmm. versus what you're doing. Yeah. I, I actually had that thought occur to me recently, uh, like as you were saying, you know, talking about uh, experimental performance as a genre versus something like hip hop, where you are, you know, aiming to write lyrics and, and produce music that um, resonates with people. And it is specific to things that a lot of people can relate to, but also has, you know, emotional nuances to it. I feel like experimental performance art tends to be, again, the genre thing. Uh, this It's a lot of characters. And as you said, it's yeah. just, it, you don't want to necessarily relate to it. it there's, there's a lot of uh, sort of... Uh, insinuating uh, like uh, aliens and and think clowns is a big one i feel sure. i feel like it's a really popular one with with women in experimental performance art is like everybody's clowns which clowns are great you you said pennywise earlier like <laughs> cl- clowns are are good because i don't I, I think that they have that element they have of, that yin of and yang. light and dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 yin and yang clowns, definitely. Uh-huh. I, yeah, clowns are popular. Anything sort of alien or, or space monster. Uh, there, there's a lot of different things. I I feel like that that's probably what you're referring to. That sort of you don't necessarily want to relate to it like you would a you know a song that you would as performing hip hop music. Um, it's it's something that you just. But take and interpret. there are yeah. people that do do characters in hip hop, and I'm sure there's people yeah. that do what you're doing that's very relatable. I think it's just oh, a yeah. matter of what you want to do. Yeah, there's no fucking rules, so it's just a matter of this is what feels right to me. This is mm-hmm. how I feel happiest with my work. That's what I'm fucking doing. Yeah, exactly. Again, <laughs> relating to approaching what you do, everything is an experiment. I just I feel like you if you're not going into it again, and you have you have a question for yourself like what do i want what am i trying to figure out if you're not trying to do that with with something besides i want to be famous i want to be rich because you will probably not do those things and uh, but it's weird though because i feel like and this is not related to what i just said the the sort of cognitive dissonance that is with people that are are still not really the same as rock star mentality but this is a thing that i notice a lot of true definition outsider artists have this idea that they either already are really really famous or they're going to be famous and it's sort of this thing where you don't quite know if it's for real and you never really do and yeah. i I like that. I like that they're, again, I, I talked about at the beginning of this creating some sort of obscurity with who I am, but the, I, I, I like when I don't know if an, when an artist is just so in the realm of what they're creating and just they're completely their art and nothing else. Like, I feel like I, at least in a Pittsburgh sense, people, some people know kind of who I am. And I, I, I have some parts of me remaining that are human. And I, I love like the mystique of, does this person not know that they're famous? Or does this person not know what's really going on? And I feel like that's what, there's, there's other things that I have this theory that I've sort of mapped out about what I define as an outsider artist. But I feel like that's, 
the defining thing that separates them from someone who's just experimental or something um, is this sort of you really don't know if they know. <laughs> they don't know if they're experimental or not. Other people are interpreting it that way, but maybe they don't know. Sure. I think yeah. that that goes back to being genuine. And when it mm -hmm. comes to watching live music, um, I'm happy to see any style of performance as long as what I'm seeing is genuine. Me too. Yeah. And there are a lot of people that go out of their way to be like, I'm an experimental artist that I have seen. And I'm like, this just isn't genuine. Like this yeah. is, Oh yeah. You, you this see, is nonsense. You see a, a lot of that. I, like I said, cause along with playing like DIY shows where I'm, mm -hmm. I'm kind of introducing people to, to what that sort of a taste of what that is. I, I, I play a lot of shows where I fit appropriately on and it is all experimental stuff. And I, I don't I don't really feel like I can think of too many people around here. I really feel like the experimental community around here is really fantastic and everybody's really genuine and everyone's just the experimental community in Pittsburgh, it's it's just music nerds. Like everyone's yeah. just really, really fucking nerdy. Uh, well, I and could, I love that. I could say this. Anytime I've seen some like a performance from somebody that wasn't very genuine, I mean they don't stick around. Yeah. They it, play a couple shows and then they I, disappear. And I, they I feel like off I see, onto some other yeah, thing. I see videos online of things and and hear recordings and it's it's and it's not just experimental. It's, it's oh, it's any it can genre. Be, it can be it's anything. anything. You can tell so easily. You can just tell so easily. But I and there's also I, that fine line between it not being genuine or it is genuine, but you could tell they're just figuring it out. And I'm okay with that. Oh yeah. Like yeah. if I see somebody like really bomb a set, cause like they don't know what they're doing, yeah. but you could tell that they, there's a passion. It's like, you know what? Cool. Like, I think that stick with it. You're going to figure it out. Like, I, I, I don't like want to all last summer. I, I, I was, I was, I had a, a ton of shows last summer and I, I I bombed a, a couple of them. I, I really, I can honestly say well, I, I did. I think that there's... I, and I, I was I was trying a lot of new things and I was trying to... I, I For some reason, I had it in my head that I should write an entirely new set every single show I played. And I had six shows between June and July and I did that. And I, I look back, I'm like, why was I... Why did I think that was... I, that was an experiment in itself, but I'm glad I did that because I did force myself to figure a lot of things out that now I'm more confident with but it was awkward as yeah. fuck doing it in front of people I feel like it's and... like uh it's like stand-up comedy in a way oh, where yeah. you just have to like you have to do the sets you don't know the material but the only way to really test what you're doing is to do it in front of audiences I don't know how it's not like do it like oh, and I think about the hardest type of performance I'm like I that would be terrifying because of what you were just the only to way say. to be good at it is to be completely transparent and vulnerable with yeah. strangers yeah and like you know with your art you talk about how like you could be a character and do this sort of thing you know but with stand-up it's like you i mean some I, people do stand up as characters yeah but I, the most you know when you think of like who if would i be the should most, try to do it i'd have to do it yeah. that way because i i would not I feel like I would, and I think some comics do come off this way, just be like, here's this life tragedy that I'm making a joke at the expense of this one. Like, I would, that would be terrifying. And to sure. see if people are going to, to think it's funny or I feel when, when you watch music, people, people will clap no matter what. If it's complete bullshit, people will clap. But, but 
stand-up comics, they won't laugh. Like I, I've been to so many things where people just straight up don't laugh like they would clap for a musician. Yeah. So that yeah. would be really, really awkward. I think and terrifying. That the I mean, I don't know much about it, but I think that the key from what I understand in terms of the comedy that I like, it's just people that are human. And like just un just unafraid to just be a human and just mm -hmm. connect and like have their door open and just be able to you know share with you things and yeah. for some reason they also have the superpower to be able to take like the things in your head and pull them out yeah. and articulate them in a way that you would never be like clever enough to think of yeah and you're like yeah i i get that i i i mentioned before feeling we were talking about you know being authentic and being genuine in what you make and with uh, talking about, you know, pulling stuff that's that's from the depths of you and, and just presenting it to complete strangers and just being a human. And I, I mentioned earlier about feeling like there, there are still parts of me that remain human. I feel like uh, this is, wow, just pulling from all these different things we touched on earlier. You, you mentioned characters being sort of a a way that uh, um, being shy and introverted is is manifested. I feel like I have masked a lot of parts of who I, I really am in, inside of me and in, as a human, as the human that is me inside of myself, which I guess is not a human. This is the human. Humans, both of it. <laughs> it's, sure. It, but I feel like I've had to mask a lot of it and so I, to to just appear acceptable, socially acceptable for people, and I've done that my whole life. I've, I've just always been like a, a freak, I guess. And I just, I, I never liked standing out like that. And so I feel like performing like that is is a good way to to feel like, okay, this is acceptable that I can do this right now. Because yeah, I, I I don't for for being. Uh, you know, an experimental performance artist. <laughs> I don't like standing out too much. I, I feel again, I, I I like it when I'm not worried about what anyone else thinks. I, I like just being who I am and just living my life how I want to. But when I become aware that other that it's not the norm, then I don't like it. Yeah. For me now, I've gone through all different sorts of phases of the ways that I react with the audience and what I expect from them. Mm -hmm. Now it's like if there's somebody that isn't gonna understand or like what I'm doing, I'm like, okay, well that's fine. The best thing I could do is just do a good show. Mm -hmm. And if they still don't like it, they're not gonna like it. That's okay. It's fine. Uh, it's like if they don't get it, they don't get it. I don't really, I don't dwell too much on it before. Where there was definitely times in my life where you know there could be. 30 people in a room and I'm focused on making that one grumpy person like it mm -hmm. versus like entertaining like to the detriment of the performance yeah. when there's other, you know everybody else is like digging it and I'm like why doesn't that one person <laughs> like it but I think that's just a human thing oh yeah I, I've been there too I think that that's that's natural for performers and, and you won't get very far trying to do that no but yeah but you don't know until it happens and then you realize it like there's no guidebook there's no directions you just gotta 
get out there and start doing it and figure out what works and what doesn't and the growing pains of being a performer and figuring out your sets and trying all those different things with last year, the tail end of last year, I started trying out all this new stuff with the psych set, doing all these like theatrical things and figuring out what works, what doesn't like, Oh, this is way too fucking much. Like this isn't enough. Like it's a whole different thing. Like, yeah, I write rap songs. I'm not a fucking <laughs> like a theater stage play organizer, but I'm like, this is the only, I'm so interested in doing this. I'm just going to oh, fucking yeah. do it. So, so that's but it's the like only back to, to square one. Will work. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And it, like, it, it, like I said, last summer doing that thing, I, the, I don't know why again, why I thought that was a good idea, but, it, but in the end it was a good idea. It was just very awkward and, and, and vulnerable to, grow and try new things and fuck it up in front of people multiple <laughs> times yeah. and and it, it i figured out now and this is this is something i've kind of been chewing on the past week or so i i think it is better to sort of just rehash and remix just redo solid ideas and and sort of experiment from the ground up at least where i'm at right now um, than to just try to shit out a bunch of new material. And and I, I realized that I I have a, a large catalog of material that I've never played yet even, and I will still be like, I don't have a, a new song for this set, so I'm a failure. And I, I will get in that mindset, but I'm like, what am I talking about? I have all this stuff, and I even have the songs that I'm I'm so comfortable that I could you know, perform this underwater and be fine. And I, I could just do something a little new with it. And that would be, that would be exciting for me. And I would still, I think I get, I get worried that I will bore anyone who has seen me before. Yeah. Because I, th I, I think that it, while I have those shows where I am introducing people to a taste of what sort of avant-garde is, I have a, I'll, like I said, the the experimental crowd of Pittsburgh folks, while it is a really sweet and loving, supportive community of nerds, it's it's small. So I, will, it's, I, I feel like I'll, I'll, uh, people see me do things uh, re repeatedly and I, I get worried I, about it. I would say anybody that's willing to watch anybody perform multiple times, they're expecting to see different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but also they're expecting to see the same things that they've seen just done differently, different nuances. It's like yeah. back to stand up comedy, yeah. listening to a comedian tell the same bit, but at a different show, mm -hmm. there's different nuances and the cadence and the beat and the way they're telling it. Yeah. And that could be interesting watching somebody play a song or watching somebody like you that's so like physically performative on top of the music. It's never going to be exactly the same, no matter what. There's yeah. always going to be those differences. And, so and I get so excited watching, when I watch my friends who I've seen. I, I know the totally. words to all their songs, but then something's a little different. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, I'm so excited for them. Yeah. And so I, I don't know why. You're, I, able to, yeah. you're able to connect with it because you're familiar with the material. Mm -hmm. But you're also able to watch something that you care about grow mm -hmm. oh, and yeah. become that, that's so a bigger, stronger yeah. thing. So you shouldn't like worry about this thing that I think every artists especially musicians thinks about where like you don't you forget how intimately close to the work you are mm -hmm. because like stuff that you're working on ideas for songs that are going on in your head all day but like, you've heard your song a million times mm -hmm. 
even people that have seen you a dozen times have yeah. only heard that song a dozen times yeah. compared to the millions of times it's played in your head. Oh yeah, I've, I've I definitely trick myself into thinking that that anyone who has seen me perform twice knows the song as well as I do. But I also think that's good to to put that bit of pressure on yourself to to push yourself to change things and to grow, even if you are working with a a solid set that you've had for a while, but it's, it's really solid and you know it well, but you're changing things bit by bit. I think that that is, is good. If you put that pressure on yourself, I've learned that you, uh, at least for me, I have to find a really good balance between, um, too much pressure and not enough pressure. And I, I think that's why I, was drawn to sort of DIY underground music is because initially I felt I was coming out of theater world and opera world and classical training. And I was, I had been told by professors and teachers that I was not competitive enough and that I was not going to be able to handle the pressure of music school because, and being a vocal student, because I just didn't, I didn't like competing. I, I really didn't like it. And I, I, that didn't really happen until I got into high school when I was younger, I, I, I was, I was a good competitor and I was good at auditions and good at nailing things, but I started to just put too much pressure on myself. And that's why I started to really hate competition. And so coming out of high school and, you know, dropping out of music school and, um, being drawn to, uh, writing my own music and performing in, you know, DIY underground communities. That's why I was drawn to it because I was like, oh my God, it's, it's totally non-competitive. But then I, I, I learned that there, it is just as competitive, it's competitive in its own way. Yeah. yeah it's sure. competitive in a different way, but I'd say it's, it's about just as competitive, like coming from having experience in both worlds. I think that uh, DIY communities don't talk about it as much, whereas music school kids will just straight up, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's more it's more it's more brought forth but i i think that there are certain things that are uh more relaxed and, and a more relaxed approach to the sense of community in the sense of you know you you are competing with your peers and you have musical peers it, it's it's a different approach to it and i still love that about like communities of DIY underground music that I, I like that it's a good balance and I think it takes time to figure out like oh it's not completely non-competitive it's not just this totally mushy mushy thing but it's not super super fierce either sure yeah it's it's competitive in a sense of encouraging mm-hmm. or just saying like hey like we really are we have our shit together we're working on all this new material we did all this cool stuff you know like check us out and if you're playing shows with those people it's like fuck like i gotta mm-hmm. yeah you know you, you feel like you want to be able to play ball with your peers mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily most of the time it's aren't i mean there are occasions of some bands that are very good at being like kind of <laughs> like middle fingery without yeah. being that way but for the most part there's sometimes there are just people that really working their asses off and you see it and it makes yeah. you feel like fuck i'm not doing it. and again enough. i think that's something that's that cool. you can tell really easily i think you you can tell the difference between them and the you know like we have our shit together we're confident and i i, I like seeing that and i, I like when it, it is really good and they 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 believe it and they 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 know it and i i, I like that and i i, I do think that that it, it that is a good 
sort of uh, fire that's lit under people's asses when that happens and, and in a good way and not in a way that it feels like, oh, I, I have to, you know, I, I seek revenge against this person who's better than me. It's not, it's not, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like inspiration. And that that's, that's what's different, I think, than sort of like it's- really fierce competition that's not welcoming and not a community sort of thing it's really important to be able to realize that and understand it because i think there are some people that unfortunately don't get it and they they don't know how to process those feelings internally Mm -hmm. and it like really hinders them as performers there's like this like weird like thick skin that you have to develop even if you don't want to yeah yeah you, you have to you have to have thick skin but also you have to be receptive to the the community, the sort of the 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 love and support that comes with that too. Otherwise, you're you're not going to go I very like, far either way. Yeah, you if you be, don't have both. You got to be able to like take punches from yourself, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. nobody's going to like kick you when you're down harder than yourself. Yeah. And I think you got to learn how to like fight back. Yeah. I, I also like realizing that a lot of that sort of fierce competition, sort of a uh, stuff that I was describing, coming from like a really rigorous, you know, theater, classical opera training background. I was a child and I think that I didn't process those type of emotions like you were describing well and neither did the other children that I knew. So I I hope that, you know, all of anyone who has come from that sort of uh, community and I know people who are in the community too here in Pittsburgh that came from similar backgrounds that I did that, you you grow up and you you learn that there's you know emotional parts to yeah. being in a music community and to being a creator. Being you have a to fucking take, person. Yeah, yeah. You, you and there's just things you have to learn. And like you said, I, that thick skin versus being able to take things in. Yeah, I think there there's a thing where, and I'm not saying that we should like beat kids up, but I think that <laughs> we're too nice to kids, and I think that there's just this transparency that could be very beneficial of you, just being like to, like performing kids in general or just all children? all kids in general because yeah. yeah. i think that the i mean i think that you know i mean you don't you're not you don't come out of the womb a creator i mean some people yeah. might argue that i do like <laughs> Ugh. but I, i'm just saying like i think that what whenever you're getting into performing in schools like that i think a lot of your character is defined by just what you were able to absorb outside of before getting into creating art, doing theater, music, and things like that. Oh, like, yeah. Just how yeah, you're shaped. My, my just teachers kicked the, my butt. Just you know? like the <laughs> basics of like, you know, being just a functioning human. But, yeah. you know. Kids need something like that. If it's not, you know, music, it's it's sports. Kids do sports, right? That's yeah. The, <laughs> that's the thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. People do sports. Uh, or the academics. There's very – kids do. I agree that they – if it's not, you know – I I don't think it, a child can really understand it without some sort of structure like that as well. I I, I hate to be like kids I mean, don't kids, understand I things, like but but kids I feel eventually like, figure thing you figure oh, yeah. things out. I I I was a child once that I figured, but some I, so I I think out, that so. kids are a lot smarter than people like care to think. Oh yeah, like you know, like I know like kids that are you know one eighth of my age that can smoke me at like very technical video games. Like mm-hmm. they can think and process and understand things. Yeah. And I think, I that, think like, it's the emotional I think stuff that, that it takes time to, to process that stuff. And like you said, but having- if you get, and well, it's the thing is like sometimes a lot of, I've, 
feel as though some parents don't even try. Like they avoid the emotional stuff mm-hmm. and like down the line that That's the can create work, yeah. some sort of problem. But oh, I think yeah. like getting an early start on those sort of things might help. But I'm not a fucking child psychologist. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I have a song about this actually that I it's it's one of my favorites to perform that's just about I, I went through a phase where I I was convinced that I must have not been held enough as an infant and so I started doing because I'm like I have I have all these problems that must be because I was not <laughs> held enough as a baby and so I did all this research and and you know watched all this stuff read all this information about uh the effects of of infants and newborns who are not given proper affection and it affects their emotional and behavioral wellness as adults and even as older children and I I perform that song a lot and there's there's how to how it concludes is uh, saying that, you know, if, if no one is holding the babies, then they're going to hate computers. And I, I, I kind of just think of it like I think I was going through a time where I was really frustrated with how to communicate on the Internet and how to communicate in real life and how they're different and how you can't treat them the same and how I was trying to come to terms with that I'm not a normal communicator and that I have to try really hard like I'm trying right now to focus and to communicate and even then still feeling like I'm masking things. So I I, I think that's why I concluded the 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 song in that way. But yeah, I I think that that, you know, kids need that emotional Maybe not toughness is not a good word, but sort of guidance, I guess, because that that is the, yeah guidance. It's yeah. a great word, yeah, yeah. The the structure and the you know the you know the whipping into shape that something like music or sports or academics, whatever, is giving a kid a sense of purpose in life. Because that's you know I think just again even, it's just emotional well being. You need a sense of purpose. Well, I think just from my my personal story, it would have been really cool to have like some stronger like role models in my family and people that would be willing to talk about things and like explain to me what was going on. And I had that in my grandmother, Mm -hmm. but like with other people in my family, there was a lot of just not good things. Mm -hmm. And like she would explain it in the best way that she could. And it really helped me out a lot. And it ended up helped me like understand like what addiction is and like things that like most like eight-year-olds shouldn't understand like I got it and I developed like a sense of empathy for it and it also kept me like whenever I start like 13 14 I have friends that are getting into drugs and shit like that I was like no way because I understand what happened as a result of my family thanks to my grandmother just being very like this is what's happening yeah and I think there are sometimes where people don't have this they don't have that opportunity to have that conversation and it can really affect people because they're not ever like told what is really going on around them it's kind of like masked yeah so i'm not talking to me and that's a completely different conversation than art but i just think in general just being very transparent with people and understanding why the world is the way around them and why people do things the way they do whether and like why you feel the way you feel about certain things just being able to understand that at a young age like i think people kids can process stuff way more than we give them credit for. Yeah. So it helps to put that out there because I don't know, it helped for me. 
yeah who the fuck knows where i would be if it wasn't for those conversations that 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 guidance through conversation that sort of you know just uh giving kids a a direction to go in with the because you're you're right you know something as heavy as addiction a, a child is not unless you know given some sort of you know you know, direction is to like, this is what's going on. And like, you know, this is why it's not good. And this is why this is, you know, how we deal with it from here. A, a kid's not going to just know that coming out the womb. So it's, uh, it, it, and I think that any instincts, and this really goes for adults too. I, I think that instinct is, 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 is right and wrong. Sometimes I, I don't know. I, I had a thought about this earlier, something about, I think I I said something to Johnny about like your your guts know first because uh, your guts are attached to your brain because of the spine <laughs> and I I was I was making a, a joke of, but but all but also we, we were saying something about having a bad feeling about a situation we we're like yeah we 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 knew that right off the bat that this was like a weird thing and it ended up being a weird thing so I uh yeah I, I guess um I think kids are born with instincts like that to to set to oh, I, I think that to, to for a kid to question okay something's amiss here that that's instinctual to sense that uh, animals kids, know that too you know kids when, question some really funny stuff <laughs> like they are uh, some really outside the box shit stuff yeah. that you don't think they should know about and mm-hmm. sometimes the people that are responsible for those kids will sidestep the question mm-hmm. where if a kid asks about something, I think that you should just fucking tell oh, them yeah. what it is. Otherwise, you know, you might create like a false sense of like shame around something or mm-hmm. a false sense of like fear around something that they don't need. And that yeah. could that around, could around gr- the specific situation and just around questioning things in general, which is not yeah. something that anyone should should have no, a fear of. The smartest so. people have probably asked the most questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you don't, nobody knows anything, really. <laughs> I mean, you have ideas of things, but you're always learning. Yeah, you should be. If you're not, I feel like you're maybe not making the best use of your time on this planet. Yeah, I, but that's just my opinion. I, I think that. Uh, wow, we, we're talking about kids and stuff. Oh, my <laughs> brain goes all <laughs> over is, the fucking yeah, place. <laughs> I, I don't have kids. Well, we were yeah. all kids. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We 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 both were children. As I as I said earlier, I was a child once. I know it. I. And sort of, you know, relating back to music stuff, which is, I guess, why we're here. Of, I, I think that, uh, again, uh, approaching things with that sort of, uh, sort of instinct and questioning things is is another just great way. To, uh, uh, people talk about uh, that's another thing I've got before uh, as a as a interpretation is childlike. I think I've got that with my visual art. A lot more it, sure. it, like the word childlike, um, which which I don't I don't I don't mind that for some reason as much as whimsical. Whimsical still will irritate me. More There's something about than- that word that's irritating. But what's kind of cool about art from kids and I was actually just having this thought. I really like looking at like a drawing that a kid did because there is a million times more imagination in oh, it yes. and you can see them just yeah. trying to figure things out versus somebody yeah. that like knows what they're doing and it's all refined that kind of yeah. happens with music too yeah like I, a lot I, of times I, I think anything you know saying something is childlike is, is a good compliment I, I think that at least i think so maybe maybe someone else wouldn't feel like that 
But I, I think it's that, like explorative. It's oh, imaginative. Yeah. It's just trying to figure out the world around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think that it, it can relate to things being sort of, um, sort of minimal and simplistic. But I, I don't think it always needs to be. I, I again, I, I love that in music and in visual art. Um, the, the childlike sort of sensations that you can get from things. I think that, um. Uh, you're a millennial, right? You, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I think we 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 have a really I I am too. Um, we we have that. We we really love nostalgia and and childlike things and things that remind us of our childhoods because the world is really awful for us and where the world is is really fucked up. And I think that's why we we love nostalgic and and childlike things. And I I, I think that. More and more I see it, and I'm not talking about, you know, my art in particular, um, a lot of art and music, uh, just any media is is being created by millennials that is reflective of that, this sort of childlike uh, qualities to things you know, in, in various ways that I, it's, it's manifesting. I also think a big part of the reason why like our generation is so nostalgic is because we're living in one of the first times where like old media and old things can really be archived and like stored for us to actually go back and look at it. And we, we had a little it's taste all of like, everything. It's you not know? all this we, like, like yeah. shitty videos or like poor quality photos. Yeah. It's like yeah, everything we, we is can, so archived yeah. now that like it's really easy for us to not let go of it. Oh yeah. We, we can access things that are archived so easily, but we also like, I love when I will go into a record store and an old guy's like, I bet you never even seen a record before. It's like, oh, that's I, the I'm worst. 20, yeah, I'm 25. Sir. <laughs> I've, I've seen a record before. My my dad was literally a DJ. Yeah. Like, I, I've seen records before. <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, like older people, but we really are. We're, we're a generation where there there were still records. There were CDs. There were like cassette tapes. We And then we, we, we saw like iPods and we saw, we saw, digital archiving really be prominent for the first time. And so we have this, this sort of really broad perspective of it. And again, I think that that's uh, why our generation can, you know, watch, you know, obscure moments on, of, of Rugrats on YouTube at 3am because we, because we can, and because we, we don't have to dig out a broken VHS uh-huh. and like pound on the, you know, SpongeBob TV with and, the built-in a, VHS player a, to, to access that. In a completely like more related to music conversation. I think that's a big part of the reason why new creators have a really hard time getting out there getting their work seen because not only i I was hoping we'd be able to talk about this not (laughs) not only are we dealing with you know just it's so easy to make art distribute it get it out there but Mm -hmm. you also have a whole generation of people that are like they're just gonna go on netflix and watch reruns of friends or whatever (laughs) fucking shit they're watching you know (laughs) they have so much old stuff they don't have that they don't really invest time in finding new art. Yeah. So they have this machine in their pocket that can let them watch, you know, all the Ren and Stimpy that they want. Yeah. Or whatever. I, but I, I think what, I what did saw, you want to get into? Oh, well, I I, I think on the topic of, uh, I, I guess, what I was, when I said I, I was all giddy with excitement because I was hoping we'd be able to talk about this at some point, um, putting out music and releasing music 
right now in this in this uh where we're at with digital climate yeah it's it's weird I, i feel especially weird about it i feel like i do not have a good handle on it i I just, uh. I think it really goes back to being making art coming from an introverted place. And there is nothing more extroverted than social media. Yeah. And I I have a really hard time being that version of myself. Yeah. Because like the most extroverted thing that I think I do that I feel comfortable with is stuff like this. Yeah. But this still isn't even like this is just us having a human moment. Yeah. And we record it and then the, we put it out for the world. Mm-hmm. It's not like me being like constantly worried about updating my Instagram stories <laughs> so I stay relevant in people's minds. Like, I don't give a fuck about that. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't watch people's stories. I try, I, I'll think about it every once in a while and I, I fuck with it. But like, there's a I don't weird know, pressure, just, I think, as, you know, as a, as an underground artist who you have to be, you know, when you, when you're not, you know, you don't have a PR person, you don't, you yeah. know, you're not on a label, you don't have someone doing PR for you, you're doing your PR. There's this weird pressure to behave a certain way, um, on social media and to, to remain relevant, like you said. And while I do love seeing updates, uh, that are, you know, related to people's art and stuff, I don't, have a good handle on it. I I don't know how I I, I try again. It, it, I think I'm going through a point right now where I'm navigating that part. I'm navigating being my own I, PR. Whereas last spring summer I was navigating um, what I was was coming into with bruiser beep performance wise. Cause I just, I like performing. I don't, I don't, I do like recording and I've, I've enjoyed recording with previous projects, but I don't have a good setup right now to record. So it's not enjoyable for me. I, I hope that it will be again someday, but right now it's just not. And, um, it, it's just, it's just too much a hassle. Cause I have like zero recording gear really. And I, like I said, I hope that someday recording will be a really, enjoyable process for me again but yeah I, I feel like i'm navigating right now how to be a pr person and feel like i'm not being not who i am but it's really hard to understand how things come off and nuances it just person to person just vocal nuances how you're conversating with someone you know five different people are going to have five or different interpretations of what you meant with yeah. your inflection so on social media where you know your your uh inflection is not as uh easily perceived it's even more confusing and i i don't know how to do that yet i'm i'm currently experimenting with that and how I basically all I'm trying to do, I just want to uh, have something that's visually and uh, sonically honest. Cohesive yeah. and honest? No, 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 no. I, I don't. I You don't want to be cohesive. No, no. Fuck being cohesive. <laughs> I, 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 I thrive on incoherence, really. I, I don't. I, I, no, really, Brian. I, I just, I, I just, love it. I just, I just feel like that. It's too that that pressure. It like I was talking about. It's just not. 
who I am. I can't do it. I, I will freak. I, I can, sure. I can try. I can try really hard to be very demure and very professional, but I'm just not like that. I I'm, I'm just too all over the place for that to really feel like who I am. So I, I know that as, like, as I said, I'm as exploring what I'm comfortable with and what feels like being honest with who I am as my own PR person and in experimenting with it is fun because I get to make a lot of visual art and like a lot of take a lot of I, all I'm really doing is like when I'm practicing, I videotape myself and like I just make more, you know, visual accompaniment for, you know, talking about like I have a show this week. That's that's all I'm really doing with it right now. Sounds and, good to me. But but as far as being cohesive, no, I don't I don't want that. I, I try to I, I try to stay away from it. Because um, if I start to put pressure on myself to do that and to to feel like, oh, I need to be more professional, then I will have like a meltdown and feel like I'll never be professional because I, I feel like anytime I've tried, I it's just so fake. I'm, gonna I'm just be, not like that. I don't think anybody wants people to be professional on social media. And I think that <laughs> that's – I think even the most professional people like businesses – their social media is like sharing memes. Yeah. It's not professional. I, I guess I, I feel like with with art stuff and, and music stuff, it's it's not professional in the sense that you would think of, you know, H&R Block. I'm, but H&R Block shares memes too. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I guess it's because like. It's, it's human. Yeah. Just be. Just be yourself yeah i i think the 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 too much cohesiveness thing and the being uh, this is going to sound silly but the like making complete sense and and being really uh, so that people know um I, i don't know it just it just drives me it makes me feel that's not how i I am when I'm comfortable right now. I'm, I'm not, I'm uncomfortable right now because I, I, I knew I was coming into this that I have to behave. You know, I have, I have, I can't be too silly or anything, but, but when I'm comfortable, I, I, I I'm just, I, I talk in a, a really sort of, you know, stream of conscious kind of way and I, how my songs are really. And that's, uh, I mean, not completely, of course, although I do just sing a lot in day to day life, but, but yeah, I, I think that the sort of professionalism I'm referring to, as far as musicians and artists, it's 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 not H and R Block sans memes, but it's it's something more cohesive than what I feel like is who I am, and therefore makes me go bonkers when I try to do it. I I don't know how like, to yeah, like, put like, it into words. Maybe but. like 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 keeping up with a schedule and considering like social media, some sort of a responsibility and like making sure that, um, you know, I'm posting regularly and I'm doing things that are even, supposed to be done on social media. Like that's not like, what you like. Uh, no. Cause I, even then I feel, I don't think for personally, for me that that would be too much regiment, but I do feel like there are people that, that do it that way that are very authentic because I know them personally and that, that when they, they do kind of have it in a schedule, but that works for what they're comfortable expressing socially. And it is social media. So I, I guess uh, if that's what works for them to have a sort of schedule, a regiment to, to be like, here's the song, here's this thing that, then that works. And, And that, but I know that they're not, 
you know, ingenuine about it because I, I, I know people personally that, and they do it that way and that works for them, but that doesn't work for me personally. Yeah. So. Oh, I mean, I think everything about your work, as far as I know, has like this kind of, there's like an underlining sense of like improv in a way where like nothing ever seems to be necessarily set in stone. Everything's always going to be a little different. You're always growing and you're not really sure if where you are today is where you're going to be tomorrow. Yeah. So I can understand that not wanting to be cohesive in terms of social media because it really just aligns with your art. Like it's really like a representation of what your music is. Yeah. Sometimes and if you're like I... always one person online, but then your music's all over the place, that's not going to match up. I, I, I've, this is another thought that I've been, I've been chewing on the past few days. I, I think especially last summer when I was doing a lot of, uh, of a lot of um public growing i i felt really ashamed i guess of of being incohesive and i um i thought that and i thought even looking back to to past projects i've done and then coming from where i come from as a performer and a musician as a child and all the different ways that i was exposed to music even really early on in life and you know where I'm at now I felt like man I've been a million different people but I, I've always been who I am and I've, I think I've always approached music like we were saying as this experiment even though it, it may not have always been as experimental in terms of a, a genre descriptor as it is currently I, I like where I'm at and I feel like this is like okay I'm, I'm finally on a path that really, really, really feels right. Yeah. But I, I've, I've, I've had to overcome sort of embarrassment about being all over the place. Cause like I said, I don't like standing out. I, I wish that I made more sense sometimes. <laughs> I feel like even in this interview, I, I contradict myself because I, I really do. I constantly change my mind about how I feel about it, but that really is, I guess what the point of it is and and, and I've yeah, always approached it that way but I I have to tell myself that no that's that's good because that means that I've I've grown a you're lot you're working on it yeah that I I've, I've, I I try to I don't I, I, another thing I think that I'm sorry I'm like <laughs> I'm like leaving leaving to all these different I, things I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to tell you something I'm going to be very honest with you about okay. two things okay one you have no idea how many times something has come out of my mouth on this show and immediately I've regretted it <laughs> and I have like zoned out to a point where I have somebody talking at me for minutes and like I don't even hear them because oh, I'm just totally dwelling I, on I, the thought in my head. It's it's hard. I feel it's it's dizzying yeah. to, to to be in here knowing to be aware that other people are going to hear this and it's being recorded right now. People are going <laughs> to see us. But Hi. hey, but <laughs> but also that I, I want to, you know try to be somewhat comfortable and it's, it's but but i'm so also funny but like i'm like trying to listen to you and i'm like yeah uh, i'm simultaneously i mean you mentioned before that like you know you don't feel 100 comfortable mm -hmm. this is honestly one of the more comfortable conversations i've had because oh, i feel like good. the way i can already tell the way your brain operates is so similar to me Aww. That like we're just juggling stuff and it feels natural. Like that's how I would normally have a conversation. Hell yeah. That's so I, I love talking to people. That's always wonderful when I, I feel similarly, you know, I, I feel like I said, I, I'm truthfully, I'm uncomfortable, but not because of anything you're doing. It's because of 
I'm aware that this is being recorded. I'm uncomfortable for everyone else who is listening right now and you are hearing me because you're listening, but I, it's not Brian, it's you. Um, but I, uh, I, uh, I, 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 I like when you talk to somebody and you, you feel like your, your brain is operating on a similar level. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's easy to, um, to make conversation about whatever. And, and I feel like, uh, if that's, if that's happening, um, that those, those wavelengths are aligning, then then you can talk about literally anything yeah. and that will happen. I and think, that's great. Yeah, I just think there's something with like being like a a solo artist that is always trying to think like what can I do to keep pushing, be outside the box and you know, as soon as I achieve something that I think is cool, I'm like, well, I got to like scrap yeah. that. Let's move on to the next phase and do something even weirder or crazier or something like whatever I consider to be like the best version of myself it's like it's always once i achieve the best version of myself i'm like eh. yeah i, I think yeah. i i i would assume that it, most everyone playing music has at least if they've not had you know a a if you know a like real live solo project man like they they at least have recorded something on their own that's you kind of have to start that way but i also there's probably people who have never played anything by themselves ever that's that's probably very minuscule amount of people but i i i like i said i've never been in a band that worked and i i i really hope that one day i will find people that i um vibe with musically and it it works really well and we're all on those similar wavelengths again um but it won't be i don't really think that i want to at least right now do what i make in bruiser beep and as a solo artist and, and in the future whatever i end up calling it whatever it sounds like down the line i always want to have a solo project but I, you want I, it to be different than working with other people. Yeah, I, I would want it to be a totally different idea. If I if, yeah. if I'm in a band with other people, I don't I don't want those worlds to collide because I I just I want this for myself. And as far as playing a show with a band to accompany me, that's that's cool. I would be open to that someday. I'm not ready for that yet. But um, yeah, if I were ever in a band, I I would not want those worlds to because this is the wavelength I'm on. This is the solo project that I, I'm using for like my own work, my own thoughts. And if I were in a band, I'd want it to be different ideas. Cause I have a lot of ideas and I, you know, other people do too. We all do. So yeah. like make that happen. And in, in a totally different realm, I wouldn't want it to, to touch. That makes complete sense. So wrapping this up, <laughs> you have some stuff online that people can see. I know there's some really awesome live video footage of you performing. Uh, I imagine there is other recordings and things like that. Where can people find some of these, you know, digital artifacts of live performance and there's, such? There's very few. Um, I again, again, saying how I've tried to be my own PR person, kind of. Uh, took some old things off that I wasn't happy with the recording and put some new stuff. Um, right now my band camp, which is just bruiserbeep.bandcamp.com, uh, 
is just a hour long set that was uh, recorded recently when I was on Advanced Calculus. Oh, cool! And so it's a, it's a live set, but it's it's really similar to to what I do. Did Sean record that? Yeah, yeah. It's shout outs to yeah, Sean. <laughs> yeah, um, Sean. The only person that won't come on the show. <laughs> uh, Anytime I get a chance to bring that up, I do. Oh, that's very funny. <laughs> yeah, that, that was just recently. That was just a few weeks ago, not even a yeah. month ago. So. Um, yeah, Sean recorded that when I was on Advanced Calculus, and then Johnny and I did some just like a little bit of um, engineering on it. Uh, uh, then there's, I think, just a couple live videos that if you just Google or YouTube, is that what it, when you when you call it YouTubing, is it the same as Googling? Sure. <laughs> if, if you look up Bruiser, yeah, you'll stuff. find it. There's, yeah. The the one is from a couple years ago that was at um, Anna Zizzy's house, and then the more recent one that was in January is at uh, Air on the North Side. Yeah, so. I watched some clips from that one recently, and I was like, "This is fucking crazy." Oh, thanks. I really, really like. Yeah, when you saw me last, it was at Sick House. Yeah, I did see you at Sick yeah, House. I, I yeah, I remember. I remember you were drawing fruit. I was. You you were you were drawing fruit because yeah. Jackson had free oranges and bananas oh, and, and yeah. you made his side. Yeah, okay. And I remember the whole house smelled of of citrus because every there was a lot of oranges <laughs> and everyone was eating oranges. It was great. <laughs> That's such a weird thing to remember. I'm glad you remembered <laughs> yeah, that. I I literally have a visual memory. You were sitting in the corner, like not really talking to anybody, but you had you drew this really elaborate sign for the free fruit. And it was like, that's that's pretty great. That's good fruit. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So do you have any shows coming up in the next month or so? If you give me a moment, I can actually let you know when this is going to be okay. available to the public. So I, I do have stuff coming up. So I should have done some research. April 8th is when this one will be oh, okay. out. So you have anything after April 8th? Yeah. Um, I have two shows this week, but then after April 8th, uh, I know I have a show that's um, June 9th, June 9th, which um, I don't know the venue yet, uh, but I was just talking about another video that was me playing at Anna Zizzy's house. This will be um, for Anna's uh, kickoff tour with Unicorns in the Snow, which is another really, really sick performance artist um, from the Midwest somewhere. And uh, so playing that tour kickoff and then uh, in uh, later April, I'm traveling to Baltimore because I am playing a True Vine Festival in Baltimore at Jason Willett from Half Japanese's record store. And I'm very stoked because... Half Japanese is one of my favorite favorite bands, and uh, then I have an uh, I have more out of town shows this summer than awesome. I do Pittsburgh, which which is exciting because like yeah. I said I, I have not toured. I don't have a driver's license, so uh, <laughs> if anyone was to help me get a driver's license so I can tour, um, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I have some uh, not a you know solid chunk of tour, but just out of town shows. But I also have. Uh, other shows in Pittsburgh this summer that I know that are happening. Um, yeah. I'll, awesome. Yeah. I'll, I'll, if you, if you do end up following me on social media, um, uh, my Instagram is hello. I'm seven D and, uh, you know, bruiser beep, um, YouTube and Bandcamp and such. I, I post when I have shows coming up. So if you, if you find me, the shows will find you. Cool. Thank you for coming over. This Thanks. was a really fun relatable 
scattered conversation <laughs> of good thought. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. And yeah. uh yeah, we'll have to we got to link up. We got to do a show again. Yeah. Oh yeah, we 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 talked about this. Uh, well, no, actually, I don't know if we've ever officially played we, a show together. No, we like I said I We've been we've, around. We've seen each other perform, but we've not shared a bill. Yeah. So, I think that would make sense. And again, if if people would be not know how to process that then Oh well, <laughs> the no. process. Keep. I think it'll be fun. I. I think. I think. I. I would love to do a show of all locals that that don't make sense with a lot of other bands. And, and I, I think. I think that would be really fun to just do something in the summertime. That it's you know and you're not. Uh, there's always going to be a bunch of touring bands that I. I have stuff that I have, I have for touring bands this summer too, but. As far as uh, an all locals thing, that's just for for fun, and it, it is just all bands that don't fit neatly in on other bills typically in Pittsburgh. Yeah, that would, that would be fun as shit. So I'd I'd like to see that happen. Cool, let's yeah. work on it. Let's and it. Uh, that's it. Cool. That was that was great. Great job. Great job. You as well. <laughs> cool. And we're done. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. It's really, really cool getting to sit down, chat with D. We get along really, really well. It was really awesome just chatting about everything we did. And if you're still here, you obviously had a good time, too. I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2019. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening. Yeah.